You're listening to Engaging Leader. Today we're talking about how the serious side of games can engage people. Featuring Elise Olding from Gartner. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, leaders. Gamification involves tactics inspired by games, especially video games, to engage people. It's an emerging trend that's subject to a lot of hype, but despite the hype, several experts insist that gamification can be a powerful strategy for behavior change, worker productivity, and just engagement in general. Elise Olding is a research director at the tech research firm Gartner. She has predicted that by 2015, 40% of global 1,000 organizations will use gamification as the primary mechanism to transform business operations. Elisa's areas of focus include organizational change, communication strategies, and emerging trends in employee engagement from a hands-on practitioner view. Elise joined me on episode 14 of the Game Changer podcast series, when we discussed four tips from Elisa's research for applying gamification within the enterprise. She joins me again for this episode of Engaging Leader, when we'll look at what the research says about why gamification works. Elise Olding, welcome to Engaging Leader. Hi, Jesse. Can you explain your definition of gamification? Because that's still an emerging area, and a lot of people don't really know what it is, or even if they've heard about it, it's changing a lot. Sure. So I actually like to use the word engagification because in my research, it's certainly about engaging your organization. And I think it's a lot nicer word. But when you fundamentally think about engagification, it's about having goals, being able to connect to people's actions to those goals, having rules about how you actually achieve the work, how people get promoted, and that sort of stuff. And the final one is getting immediate feedback. So, you know, I think from an executive level, if you think about would you want an organization that has clear goals, has rules about how you achieve that, you're giving people feedback, and you know exactly what actions are relating to what outcomes. That's that's a pretty exciting environment. Now, we've talked previously on this show with Kevin Werbeck about gamification, and you and I also spoke on the Game Changer podcast, episode 14, about how gamification is making a difference in employee engagement. But I I think a lot of our listeners are probably skeptical about gamification and whether it isn't just a a hot trend, the latest buzzword. Um, But when you're asked that, a lot of times I've heard you start talking about the, the area of neuroscience and, and how uh, gamification and the impact in engagement really is based in science, and it's probably not going away. Yeah, there's actually um, some fascinating work done by Tom Chatfield, and he has a great TED Talk that I love, and he talks about how games actually work with our brain and what they do. 
So, you know, as you look at a lot of the emerging cognitive neuroscience, and especially stuff by Dr. David Rock and his cognitive neuroscience, the Neuro, Neuro Leadership Journal, you can see how things like progress, um, being able to show, you know, when you're, how work is progressing, how far you are towards achieving a goal, that creates interest in our brain. We want to finish something. It encourages completeness. When you look at getting an achievement, that makes us feel good because we've accomplished something. Our brain likes a certain amount of novelty. We don't like too much. We don't like um, not having any, but having puzzles to figure out and something that, that sort of pops in and, and wakes us up a little bit is something else the brain likes. And we also have very much, when you look at the cognitive neuroscience research that Dr. Rock does, the SCARF model he uses, which is status, certainty, autonomy, relatedness, and fairness. You can see a lot of this playing out in some of the gamification techniques and how we utilize those in behavior change. So very much, you know, the transparency and immediate feedback appeals to our fairness. The status, you know, you look at how you rank compared to other people and how are you doing. Certainty, you know, do you actually know how to get from where you are and what's going to be happening next? So being able to break that down into chunks that you actually can achieve. So there's quite a lot that ties into a lot of that research. Now, are you talking about making everything a game or are you sort of talking about uh, work design and just taking certain inspirations from games to change how we get work done? It's absolutely the latter. I, I think, frankly, many in the industry are causing a lot of confusion, and particularly I can understand how corporate executives are confused. It's not about serious or immersive video games. It's really about taking the spirit of behavior change, of engagement, of making work more interesting, and using those techniques, hence the game mechanics, embedded in the actual work that you're doing within an enterprise. But what would you say to an executive who says, but our purpose of our organization is so powerful that people should find the work intrinsically interesting? Why do I need to gamify that? What, what would you say to that person? Well, particularly in the U.S., as we're looking at the Gallup survey that's talking about most employees are disengaged, I would say then, why is that the case? And <laughs> Certainly, um, you know, well, the first thing I'd ask them to do is to maybe go into the, the lobby where everyone's entering in the morning and ask them what the goals of the organization are and how they're committed to them. Yeah, it's so different when you compare the typical employee and you dig into when is the last time you had a great day at work and when's the last time you really got sucked into the flow, that happy getting lost in the work that the, the time flies by. And then you compare that to the world of games and you see that most adults even of all ages have played games in the last month and, and really did get sucked into it and had that flow experience. So there seems like there's a lot that we can learn from that. Sure, and we've all had that experience in our careers where we've been really engaged with work. And when you look at it, in reality, you understood that how important the work you were doing. You were getting feedback. You were getting recognition. And, and you knew what the criteria was to be successful. And, and that's all we're pulling from, from games and into gamification. 
Elise, a lot of leaders, when they think about maybe I should do something with gamification, maybe this is a a strategy that can help us with this particular engagement problem, they immediately think of either some way they can inject competition into an activity or they can try to take a real low-level activity and make it more interesting. But it seems like you're going to run into... Um, some fatigue, some game fatigue if you do that. So what do you do about that? Well, I think you need to think about designing for collaboration and how do you take the top performers in the organization and make their challenge one to help people who may need some insights, who may need a mentor. So rather than thinking about having a leaderboard, thinking, think about how do you challenge people in those different segments of your leaderboard. So an example could be that you are a retail store and you've entered points of sales data into your, um, enter time and motion data into your point of sales application so that as the checker is taking that basket and checking each item through, they're actually measured against how long it takes to pick it up, wand it through, and, and push it over. And they're given a time metric for that at the end of the basket, whether they failed or achieved that. Well, you know, that's interesting to do, and that's certainly one way of looking at creating efficiency in your organization. But it doesn't look at, is your customer happy with that? Maybe a grandma's come in and bought an outfit for her granddaughter, and it's the one outing she's done all week, and wants to talk about that, and is very excited about that, and how does that fit in? And then the other thing is that even if you're really good at that, and you're number one checker, that's kind of a mindless activity. And and how do you do anything beyond that? And then, if your stack ranks number 50 out of 50 people in that, how do you actually ever get better? What's your hope? You know, week after week, you see yourself on the bottom. So, again, thinking about collaboration, how do you take that top person, give them a challenge to actually be a mentor, develop some management skills, look at how to share their best practices with other employees, and facilitate them moving up on, on that stack ranking? Then you take that person on the bottom, and their challenge is move up five this week. Learn, you know, what did you learn, and how did that help you? So it really starts to create a lot of other leadership skills in the organization. It's interesting. For one thing, that sort of scenario could help. Oh, I forget the name of that principle. I want to say it's the Peter principle, but where people get promoted continuously until they are at the point of incompetence. And it's kind of because the only, historically, the only way we've had to really reward people and to help them move along is by actually promoting them. And so it's almost that gamification gives a chance for people to start living beyond their current skill sets, growing beyond that, and actually getting rewarded and and receiving feedback for that without actually putting them in a point of risk. Hey, you've been promoted to a a job that you're actually not any good at, and now we have have no choice but to fire you. And it's kind of another neat lesson from video games is the whole idea of you get data from it and you can, and feedback, and you have the chance for replay. It's all very low risk. Whereas in the business world, or even in the nonprofit world, when you try certain things, there's a risk in that, and that's going to turn a lot of people off. But 
when things are just a game, they're more willing to try and be innovative. Sure. So, you know, the thing is to understand the parts of your business where perhaps you can take more risk. And certainly there's always going to be the parts of your business where you really can't do that. So, um, you know, again, it's understanding what you are trying to implement, what the business outcome is, and what kind of behaviors that you're going to want. Now, speaking of nonprofit, what are there examples of where gamification can make a difference in engaging employees, even in the nonprofit world? I, I've created a scenario that would be a mythical nonprofit, and thinking about how you'd actually design your business process in order to achieve the goals of your organization and provide feedback. So. You have two people that have just graduated with MBAs, and they're very excited to join an organization that's building homes for the homeless. But Jacob's job is opening envelopes and processing 500 checks every day and entering those into the donation system, while Alicia then is reviewing Jacob's work that he's doing every day, finding the errors, and sending those back to him. And over a period of time, you know, Jacob becomes a little disenfranchised because he's thinking, I joined this to build homes for homeless people and save the world, and here I am entering data into a system. And Alicia you know, is finding more and more and more errors from Jacob, and that's taking her time away from doing other things. So take this scenario, and you know, a common thought might be, oh, let's just give Jacob a point for everything he enters right, and let's have Alicia get three points for every error she finds. But this is competition. How could I make them work together, create collaboration, and actually reach the outcomes of the organization, which would be to build more houses for the homeless people? So you might even think of something like being able to give a 1,000 points. If there are no errors made and Alicia finds nothing that day, they, they both get a 1,000 points, and those points can be you know, redeemed for virtual goods, et cetera. That's not, not really the, that needs to be designed properly as well. But that may help the two of them collaborate. And then you may think that as Jacob's entering that day's 500 checks in, he can have a progress bar that started to show, um, you know, this much money is going to fuel that next family. And here's a picture of the next family waiting for their, their home to be funded, et cetera. And because Alicia is actually not now having to send everything back to Jacob for his errors, they could probably take on a couple more projects every month, and she could be allocated to that project. You can start to give them feedback about how their actions are actually achieving what the real outcomes are for the organization, which is to build more homes. You know, that's interesting, and I think probably anybody listening to you would, would make the quick connection that, gosh, that does make a lot of sense for nonprofit, but it really is applicable in any purpose-driven organization. If your company has a higher-level purpose then that this is going to make a difference. And every organization, whether you're not profit or for-profit, seems to struggle with having their people have that line of sight between their day-to-day activities and the ultimate purpose of the organization. Yeah, I think that always is a challenge, you know, and particularly if you work for a very large company. I guess you've pointed this out too. You want to start with defining your objectives and your metrics and your desired outcomes and then work backward to the kinds of behaviors you want to reinforce because it's easy to say well we just want one we we want him to get one point every time he doesn't have an error we want her to get three points for catching the errors 
But you really should have started with, okay, but our long-term purpose is X, and so we, uh, we, need to, we need these outcomes to achieve that purpose. Now work backward. What behaviors do we want to help encourage and measure to achieve that? Yeah, absolutely. And, and so you're really thinking through how you're supporting the results that you want to get in your business. You've also talked about the role that neuropathways play in people's work and how gamification can take advantage of the science around neuropathways. Yeah, so our brains are constantly creating new neural pathways. Um, you know, and certainly the work of Daniel Kahneman talks about thinking fast and slow. And when you think about things that are habits for us, for instance, driving a car, we can drive a car and you know, eat a candy bar, or drive a car and talk to, to our child in the back seat, etc. But when you were first learning to drive, you probably couldn't do those things. So when things become habits, the neural pathway kind of becomes more rutted and grooved, so to speak, and something more used. But when you think about learning something new, that's kind of tenuous, and we've got to do it over and over and over again and reinforce that behavior. So hence, this is where I think the opportunity for gamification comes in, to be able to reinforce that behavior. And particularly if we're trying to change somebody from something that they were doing that was a habit before, we can tend to decrease the motivation around that habit and increase the achievement and the feeling that you're going to get from doing that the new way that you can actually habituate at some point to that new, new behavior. And it can create traction so much faster. When I think about the typical models for engagement that practitioners like you and I would follow, where maybe at first we are creating awareness around something, and then we are creating an understanding, and then we create uh, in people a commitment to uh, this effort, and then finally we get them to take action, and when you gamify something, a lot of times you are, it's, you're creating awareness, but then the immediate first step is action because you're just trying something out to see how it works. And when you think of a typical video game, you know, if my children drag me over and say, hey, try this video game, uh, it's, they start me, if they're smart, they'll start me on the easy level. And it's always so easy that I'd have to work really hard to fail. It's because it's just kind of taking me through the, the ropes so I can see how this thing works. And then it'll get harder over time. But it's basically getting me to take certain actions immediately. And so I'm, I'm already laying down those neural pathways. And then the other game, game dynamics start to kick in and start to bring me back to the game and start to actually create habits. And so while in, with traditional engagement tactics, we're st or if we only focus on those, we're doing everything we can just to get them to action. And with gamification, we get them to action, to habit pretty quickly, and then start to move them on toward mastery. Yeah, and I think that's a challenge I see quite a lot in failed transformation efforts, failed um, business process improvement efforts. You know, lots of failed strategy movements are because we're not actually looking at the behavior, and we're doing way too much. We're change-fatiguing our organization, and we're not letting them habituate. So you, know, you wouldn't learn to ride a bike on Monday, drive a car on Wednesday, and fly a plane on Friday. Elise, in the past year, you've released two 
research reports from Gartner that are related to gamification. The first paper you published was Gamification, the Serious Side of Games Can Make Work More Interesting. What do you cover in that report? Well, what I cover there is really an introduction to thinking about how gamification can be used, particularly focused on business process redesign or business process transformation. So as a way to understand the really tricky part of all that, which is behavior change. And then your second research report is best practices for harnessing gamification in the workplace. So it sounds like that one you get down into more nuts and bolts. Okay, I get it. This can is this is important now. How do I get started? Yeah, and you know that one focuses a lot on looking at using gamification in a collaboration mode, um, looking at how you connect employees who are disengaged back with the outcomes of their work and the outcomes that you're trying to get in your organization, and also a little bit about the technologies that can enable individuals to get constant feedback. Elise, if a business leader was interested in digging deeper and maybe even getting started with gamification, what would you tell them about where they should start? Well, the first place I would start is to look at the definitions of some of the game, various game mechanics that are out there. And, and they're beyond points, badges, and leaderboards. There's a lot of really interesting ones. But fundamentally, it comes down to understanding behavior. And as you're looking at a business transformation, what's the behavior change that you're looking for? And then starting to understand what's motivating all the different groups in your organization. And they're going to be motivated by different things. Then's the time to circle back around as you're looking at the game mechanics and start to say, would this kind of mechanic be useful for me to create that behavior change? Then you've got to figure out how you're going to continue to iterate and continue to um, encourage engagement. Elise Olding is a research director at Gartner. Elise, thank you for joining us on Engaging Leader. Thanks, Jesse. Well, leaders, that wraps up this episode. But if you'd like to continue the conversation, you can interact with us on LinkedIn or on Twitter, where Elise is at Elise Olding and I am at Jesse Leahy. If you go to our show notes for this episode at engagingleader.com, we'll provide those links, as well as links to the two Gartner research reports that Elise mentioned. And we'll provide a link to another interview I did recently with Elise in episode 14 of the Game Changer podcast series when we discussed four tips from her research for applying gamification within the enterprise. Game Changer is a whole series about using gamification as one tactic to engage employees. And you can find it in iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. Engaging Leader is a production of Asmodale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with mid-size and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at asmodalecommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Christopher Seal, who composed our theme music. Music